0: We all must search, we must search for what is truth. What is truth? Truth is...
1: Truth is just, uh, uh, that's a really hard question. What What is is truth?
0: There has to be a fixed truth, in my opinion, for the universe to function properly. What is truth? And the lonely voice of youth cries what is truth and the
1: Hello and welcome to What Is Truth. I am your host Dave Glander. It is a cold Sunday morning down here in the South. I don't know where you're at, but I hope it's warmer than we are. Maybe that would be Hawaii or something like that. I'm uh I'm really excited about today's show. Last last week we started what I'm what I'm calling kind of the X Files of Christianity, and we and we talked about the suppression of truth, and and uh, we had on Dr. Bergman and and Dr. Judkins, and and uh, Dr. Bergman had written a book uh, uh, that was that was really Detailing the amount of scientists who have either lost their jobs or uh, have, been, have been blacklisted one way or the other, whether it's lost their jobs, get a, uh, a demotion, uh, pay cuts, not have their work published. Uh, there's, a, there's a giant conspiracy out there to try and hide the truth about certain things. Uh, we were really talking about intelligent design as, a, as an area of study last week. And, uh, and this week, we're going to actually break into one of my favorite topics. It's, it's a question that I get more often than not from young atheists, kids, but it's also a question that adults have asked a hundred times over again. And here's the question. Well, if the Bible's true, what about dinosaurs? And my, my response is, well, since the Bible doesn't necessarily talk about dinosaurs, which we, can, we can actually debate that, and I'm sure that's going to come up here in just a little bit. Uh, it actually does have a mention of it. While it doesn't go into great detail about it, does that mean that because it, it's, it's omissed from the scriptures that they didn't exist and that the, the Bible's trying to deny their existence? Not at all. Not at all in any way, shape, or fashion. And so that's my first area. And then I always look at the people and I say, have you actually studied the evidence? ...of dinosaurs' existence along with mankind. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today on the show. I have got a good friend of mine who is Dr. Judkins. He's the author. Uh, he's an author, explorer, and a biblical archaeologist from Dallas, Texas. He has a passion for searching for the truth and mysteries of the past, which he airs on his Internet show, Man vs. Archaeology. He studied the human fossil footprint phenomena for over 15 years. He's credited with mapping the longest contiguous uh, dinosaur trackway in the Western Hemisphere near lenrose texas in the year 2000 he's participated in numerous excavations throughout the u.s and israel ranging from 15 different dinosaur digs to pool of salome in 2004 um, and jerusalem in the tower of Siloam in 2008 he's been featured on tbn's creation in the 21st century and his phd is in biblical archaeology dr judkins thank you for coming on the show today
0: Hello, Dave. It's a pleasure to be on with you again. Thank you for having
1: me. I'm excited about today's show. Uh, just for the record, I'm going to call you Aaron from here on out, but, uh, but it, it is Dr. Judkins, and I think that's respectable. But at the same time, you're, my mom always told me, uh, down here in the South, everybody says ma'am and sir. And I said, well, up north, it's not necessarily rude, but it's not a common custom to have people called ma'am and sir. It's, it's almost, Disrespectful in in certain circles, and people down here look at me and go, "What do you mean?" And I said, "Well, my mom always said this. Moms go through an awful lot of work to come up with a name for a child. I mean, that's a big thing. you have got to name somebody something they're gonna have for the rest of their life. Call them by their by their name to honor their mother. And so, in honor of my mother, uh, I have always called people by their first name. So, Aaron, thank you again for coming on the show. Aaron, You're welcome. What's uh, any other way? I, I, I'm I'm just ecstatic about this particular subject because it's such an often uh, brought up. Uh, controversy, if you will, over did di- Let, let's address this real quick. If dinosaurs did live beside man what would that do to the to the theory of evolution what would that do to secular science because i think we before we go into certain evidences i think we really need to address the concern that that secular science has for this particular subject and and aaron what do you think in your opinion is, is the is the real uh motive behind trying to suppress any truth that we might talk about tonight
0: well dave the motive is is to question the authenticity of God's Word, the Bible. That's the motive, because uh, evolutionary concepts, the evolutionary paradigm, uh, cannot explain supernatural um, uh, life origins. And so, they really question all the life origins of mankind in the universe. And so that goes right along with uh, what happened to the dinosaurs. Matter of fact, the Evolutionists have kind of hijacked the dinosaurs when really uh, the creation had talked about dinosaurs way in the beginning um, in Job chapter 40 and in Genesis. We see that God created all the animals on day number six along with man. He even tells Job in Job chapter 40, "Uh, Behold now beameth, which I made with thee. He's saying, Job, I created this this." magnificent creature. He calls him the chief of the ways of God. It's kind of like saying the lion is the king of the jungle now. And he's saying, look at this creature. He's the chief of the ways of God. He's got a tail like a cedar tree. He drinks up the water Jordan. And he gives this vivid description in Job chapter 40 about Behemoth. Now, if you look in the commentaries, the commentators say, well, this is probably a hippo or an <laughs> yeah, elephant.
1: That's very funny, which because, is, which because, is funny of the, because the, the tail. Of
0: commentators haven't seen a, a, an elephant's tail or a hippo's <laughs> tail recently, I don't believe. Um, so this is really uh, really what, what God is saying to Job. is He's saying, this is a creature which I made with thee he is one of my most majestic creatures this fits the description of a serapod type of dinosaur and so the bible does talk about dinosaurs but it doesn't say the word dinosaur it says the word dragons in isaiah and other places in the bible it terms them as dragons and of course god specifically says behemoth which is a um, a particular name for this creature and then in job chapter 41 he goes on and describes the leviathan, the water breathing uh, dragon. Yes. Um, that, uh, that he explains to Job. So, dinosaurs are mentioned in the Bible. Matter of fact, Dave, I've been uh, on set today with um, the guys from Restoring Genesis Ministries, and they just started a, a shoot on location here in Glen Rose, Texas, a new documentary called Forbidden History Part 2 footprints in stone and we started that shoot yesterday and today it'll go on and um matter of fact uh they just did a great um uh documentary on this dave it's called um forbidden history dinosaurs in the bible and they did a great uh job on this video as a matter of fact people can go on to their website at forbidden-history.com uh to to pull that up it's called the forbidden history of dinosaurs or you can go on to my website, which is www.aronjudkins.com, A-A-R-O-N-J-U-D-K-I-N-S.com, com, AaronJudkins.com. And so I've been out with these guys. They're they're excited, and they are basically reshooting the documentary Footprints and Stone from 1969, but it's the updated version, nice. Forbidden History Part Two. And um, and so I'm glad to be working with these guys
1: absolutely that's exciting and i and i think the real what's what's sticking out in what you're saying for me right now is is that they're calling it the forbidden history and and that's what i really want our our listeners right now to to lock into is this this topic is, is one that that is known about in the science circles but it's often uh, it, once again blacklisted from topics you're really not allowed to talk about that if you didn't listen to last week's show i'll have that up on the website and i can give you information about how to listen to that where we covered some of the the suppression of the truth um so what let, let's do this let's get right into what you guys were looking at now I, i'm assuming you went down to the Paluxy.
0: Oh yeah, we, to, we to shot on shoot. location.
1: Okay, and what was it? Let's let's go ahead and start right into the evidences. I'm going to give out the phone number to the show so that as we're talking, if you have any questions, comments, whether they're good or bad, we're this this is one of those topics that I don't think uh, uh, any of us are trying to be dogmatic about about our approach. We're all seekers of the truth. And so if you have a question or a comment that, that is in line with this topic, whether whether you think we're going to like it or not, I, I, would, I would ask you to call in so we can discuss it so that together we can get to the bottom of it. The phone number is 678-963-5482. Once again, that's 678-963-5482. If you're not a big uh, fan of putting your voice over the radio, then what you can do is just go to Facebook and, and go to What Is Truth Radio Show with Dave Glander. That's What Is Truth Radio Show with Dave Glander. Get on there and right on our page. Just hit the like button and then go ahead right on the page. You can submit your your question or your comment right there. And Shannon McDaniel is sitting on the other end of, of a pair of headphones in front of a computer just waiting to receive your questions right there. So you can either get online on Facebook, WhatIsTruthRadio.com. What Is Truth Radio uh, with Dave Glander on Facebook. Or you can dial 678-963-5482. We're opening the lines at any point in time during this entire interview. So go ahead and tell us what was it. That you were uh, that you were looking at down at
0: the Paluxy. Well, down you know the down on the Paluxy. The Paluxy is famous for its dinosaur footprints, but adjacent to fossil human footprints. Now, these human fossil footprints are supposedly found in ancient rock, and evolution says that man didn't evolve until about the late tertiary, so they cannot be more than say one to three million years old. But human footprints have been found in this uh, Cretaceous rock strata that is supposedly 120 million years old. Now, there's a problem here, Dave, because um, this evidence clearly shows that these footprints were made uh, in the rocks while the the rock was yet soft mud. Mm -hmm. So either modern man either lived at the very earliest evolutionary era of prehistory which they won't say because it pushes they can't push man back millions and millions of years of time Sure. or all the rock dating must be shrunk down to a much shorter time frame okay. during all of which man lived all right. so there's a big conundrum here because the evolutionary uh... paradigm does not hold to man and dinosaur living contemporaneously but the bible account does and that view has not changed.
1: So, one so let time. me let me understand clearly what you're saying is that in the same strata, in the same place that that the dinosaur footprints are found, and what kind of dinosaurs are, are most common as far as what they're believed to be, as far as the footprints are?
0: Well, down in the Glen Rose area, there are three types of dinosaurs. There's the theropod Acrocanthosaurus uh, dinosaur, which uh, means high-spined lizard. Okay. Then there's the big cerapod of footprints from okay, and then there's ornithopod of footprints as well.
1: Okay. And so what you're saying is, is there's three different types of footprints found in that area, found yes. in the same same layer, if you will, and next to those footprints are what's believed to be human footprints. That's right. Okay. Let me go ahead and address something that somebody had brought up. They thought we were going to get into this subject last week, and they brought up the question, uh, that at the end of, I believe it was at the end, you should probably know exactly what I'm talking about. At the end of World War II, there was a, a gentleman who was making quite a bit of profit off of, uh, off of supposedly getting the footprints, the human footprints from the riverbed and then selling them for, for high dollar. And, uh, I think it was uh, sometime right before he died. He finally admitted that he had actually made those. He had fabricated those footprints. Uh, do you do you know what I'm talking about?
0: Yes. Well, what was I, what was the gentleman's um, back name? In, yes, back in the 1930s, it's a well-known fact that a man by the name of George Adams mm-hmm. fabricated no more than three carved footprints. Now you have to understand that back in the 30s, people were desperate to put food on their table and people were going down out of the fields after after they had worked all day in the fields they would go down and before it was against the law to do so they would take manpower they would take equipment and they would cut dinosaur tracks out of the river and then they would have to haul them back up and then they would sell them to tourists now you know back then they were lucky to get you know, $2.40 a day, you know, to get people to to go down there and help them dig it out and make that, you know, that wasn't very much money, but to them it was something. And so they were really trying to do anything they could to put bread on the table. George Adams carved a few human footprints. We know because he showed them to his family and um, they were sold to some passing tourists to make money during this depression. Uh, One of the human footprints that he did was pretty good, and the Smithsonian caught word of it and asked to see it. But, you know, he he actually didn't want to show that because he didn't do it for that. Um, He basically, you know, just basically buried it in the backyard so no one would see it because he didn't want anything like that going out. You know, back then, um, you know, people didn't have time to go down and carve, Tracks in the riverbed that wasn't people's intent. People's intent was to was to eat. Yeah. And uh, but George Adams did this, and his family, uh, uh, basically, back uh, just a few years ago, um, a major discovery was found in that they found one of the uh, carved footprints that he had uh, carved back in the thirties and back at the old homestead, and. Um, uh, you know, they actually let us let us study it. They brought it to the museum, uh, the Creation Evidence Museum in Glenrose, Texas, and um, and we got to we got to study it. And we actually have a copy of that on display.
1: Okay. And you, got, we, you have a copy of a copy.
0: We have a copy of it because uh, you know the original was was um, you know was in the in the hands of the family. Uh-huh. But what they did was allow us to study, it, and here's what it showed. It shows the difference between an authentic human fossil footprint and a fake carved footprint.
1: Okay, so and, so before before reason- we go into that, I, I want to make this clear. Uh, nobody on the side of trying to prove that these are human footprints is denying that there have been fabricated footprints by Mr. Adams. Has there been anybody other than Mr. Adams who... who- Fabricated footprints, tried to make forgeries of the footprints, even even maybe to go as far as to uh, to try and prove that they're that they're down there, that the footprints are down there. Is this yeah. is this controversy bigger than Mr. Adams?
0: Well, the controversy does get extended because here's here's the the, the opponents of the human footprints. Um, they just take you know this one account of Mr. Adams carving you know no more than three human footprints as described by his family, uh-huh. who witnessed him doing that. But they want to say that all of the footprints are carved, and that's simply not the case. They just throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. Um, this is the really the only known account of uh, carved footprints that we know of, that's documented. Uh, but this shows clearly that this footprint was carved. It, it's, it's static. It has no uh, motion to it. There's no arch to it. There's, there's no... Um, uh, compression density in okay. the rock Okay, mud. let's
1: let's take this very slowly because I know I I, I I remember you giving me this uh, this this description of how you can actually test a real footprint from a forgery and I, and that's where I want to go next with that is is first there's no denial that that a controversy occurred. Correct. I mean, yeah, no, yeah, nobody, nobody's yeah. trying to say, you know, wash it under the rug. No, 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 nothing like that happened. Right. You know, nobody's denying that. And actually what's happened is because you have found and uh, had access to testing on the carved footprint. I guess you could test any carved footprint. If you took uh, a soft clay, carved in, or imprinted a footprint or something like that, dried it out, um, I guess you could run this same test on it that, that well, you're about you to tell
0: us about? Well, I mean, there's, there's different ways to... to to authenticate a real footprint, you know, one is it um, in a trail. You know, there has to be, you know, three established tracks to establish a trail. Now, if it's isolated, then what you have is you have to have three distinguishing characteristics uh, de- to determine if it's a if it's a authentic human footprint. So, if you're looking at it in situ, then the footprint has to show. Um, you know, a great toe, a secondary toe, uh-huh. any of the toes, the base of the phalanges, um, the, uh, uh, the longitudinal side of the medial, uh, uh, or the medial arch, the calcaneous heel section, uh, the transverse, uh, arch, any of those characteristics, uh, would be comparable to authentic, uh, authenticating a human footprint, but it has to be at least three of them. You can't just point out one feature okay. and say that's a human footprint. Okay. There has to be at least three features to characterize um, a track authentic. Okay. So if it has a great toe and a second toe and a you know a longitudinal arch, then that would be enough to say that's, you know, an authentic track. Now who or what made the track is a wholly different story, but that's yeah. the same technique that Mary Leakey used on the Tanzania tracks in Lake Tolly uh, incidentally who uh, you know, she, she wanted to authenticate the tracks. Uh, so she had Dr. Luis Robbins from North Carolina, who was a foremost expert in uh, footprint forensics at the time. And uh, when Dr. Robbins came down to Tanzania and to look at the, the Laetoli trackway, his conclusion was specifically that they were no different than modern human tracks. Now, uh, she didn't like that answer And she put him on a plane back home because she was looking for a missing link between um, the uh, apes who had walked in a quadrupedal quadrupedal form to a hominid who had walked bipedally for the first time, which they claimed was uh, Australopithecus Uh Uh afarensis, or what we know as Lucy. Yeah, but doctor um, which, dr. Is, a, which is a subject
1: robbins. for a whole another show that we'll have to have you back on for
0: oh well dr Luis robbins was very clear that they were human so it's the standard that you use and uh, you know you have to set your terms and your definitions so everyone's on the same page and and and, and so the standard is is that you have to use you know any one of those uh, qualifications to to qualify it as authentic
1: sure so let's let's simplify this for for our listeners if it's a carved if it's a carved footprint that somebody's trying to forge it's not going if you put it through is, is it an x-ray process how, how do you how do you determine the, the compaction rating
0: well what you do you know it can be a footprint it can be natural formation it can be carved or fake or it could be an animal footprint mm-hmm. and so what you do is you have to you know authenticate it but one of the ways that you can do it for authentication for for basically did the person or animal, You know like a dinosaur step into this mud Uh now if you have the capability of having the rock um with the with the with the footprint in it then what you can do is you can run it under spiral ct scan okay now the spiral ct scan will show um uh if there is any compression density factors within the within the um limestone uh rock okay in other words does it have load-bearing structures underneath? And what we find is in authentic footprints that when that limey mud was soft, when the person stepped down and compressed that mud, it compressed the calcite inclusions in the, in the lime, and it shows the compression density uh, when, you, when you run it under spiral CT CAT scan. But on a fake card print like the one we uh, was able to study, from uh, the late George Adams, it shows none of the uh, motion features in a in a person who actually stepped in mud. No mud up push. None of the other features I okay. talked about. It does, it shows stasis. So what what and this it is... doesn't show any any load bearing uh, uh, compression density in the spiral CT, which is the the clear defining uh, way of authenticating it. Um, it. Is simply um, just. You know, it's carved. There's no, there's no yeah. load-bearing structure. So what, what this sounds it.
1: like to me is, is no matter where you could, you could let's just say a footprint. Uh, you know, that you've got a cut rock that that somebody's that somebody's quote unquote cut out of a rock, and in the middle of this rock there's a footprint in the middle of this rock, and and what you're telling me is there is a good sign, a good testable, observable, and credible scientific method to actually. Determine whether or not that is a forgery, or whether or not that's an actual footprint. You, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm hearing.
0: That that's correct, and that's that's why we we show people both. We show people the authentic tracks, uh, and then we show people the fake carve track because there's a clear difference visibly. There's a clear difference, and in the spiral CT cat scans, there's a very clear difference.
1: So what's what's to stop? Somebody from what's to stop me from going out and grabbing some Georgia red clay, getting it wet and sticking my foot down in it and uh, setting it out in the sun, baking that thing and bringing it over to you and saying, Aaron, look what I've got. I just cut this out of a, a riverbed that dried. I mean, we were in a drought it was about five years ago or something that dried up every river and lake around here. I mean, it was a terrible drought. Let's just say, you know, somebody took advantage of that time and, and said, hey, Aaron, while this was down, I did it. How would you be able to separate the 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 modern footprint, if you will, versus one that is, let's say, several thousand years old? I mean, how well, would you, you know it wasn't? Sure, sure, it's sure it's passed a spiral CT, and it is a compression uh, yeah. of of somebody. But how will we know that it's not a thirty day old compression versus a well, three thousand year to, old?
0: You know, ideally, you you need to look at it in situ, which means in place, in context. Um, barring that, if someone just brought something up to me, you have to look at you know what rock layer it's in. Yeah. You know, if this is clay, um, then it's not going to pass. You know, it's not going to pass the test because it shows, you know, modern time frame. If it's in rock, now that's a different story, because uh, rock is supposedly, according to the, you know, geological time scale that the evolutionary community uses, you know, they base it off of eons of times and millions of years. Okay. And depending on what rock layer that's in depends on, you know, if that's, supposedly modern, or if that's supposedly an ancient rock. So that's the key, because the footprints in Glenrose are in Cretaceous rock. They're not in clay or anything that's, you know, of modern material. These are embedded in rock in the same layer of the dinosaurs, which goes back to approximately 120 million years old, so they tell us. Yeah. But there's a big problem with that, because... They cannot push man back that far and they can't uh, revise the dating techniques to bring everything up to recent uh, age. So they just totally deny that man and dinosaur coexisted. Matter of fact, they said they were separated by 60 million years. So I would look at the rock layer to determine, you know, What what exactly is is this footprint in? That's what you have to look at. You have to ask the basic questions first.
1: Somebody like yourself, uh, an archaeologist familiar with geology, you would be able to tell the difference between a a brand new footprint that, that, that has the compression factors in there, but it was a brand new one versus something that was several thousand years old. I mean, right. There's you good, clear, observable it. science to tell the difference between those two. What I'm what I'm trying to establish is there's good, clear, credible ways, uh, scientific methods to test the hypothesis of whether or not that's a human footprint that. Is actually made at the exact same time as when the dinosaurs. We're not talking about whether that was 120 million years ago or 3,000 years ago. I'm not. I'm not talking about time frame at this point, but just that they were actually done at the exact same time. There's clear, observable, repeatable scientific methods that are in place that that somebody can run these through and verify their authenticity.
0: That's right, and that's part of the work um, that I've done over the last, you know, 15 to 17 years um as researching um this paleoignology branch of field is the study of fossil uh, trace footprints and that's what led me down this path of you know for myself are these fossil footprints in rock real cuz i didn't know about it either it it totally blew my mind and i had never heard this or or seen it anywhere and uh now I knew about Laetoli, but i didn't know how to reconcile you know the evolutionary concepts with the bible at the time and so this was all brand new information for me and it led me on a journey to discover for myself the truth behind it all
1: right so so i here's where i feel like we're at we've 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 come to the conclusion that there were forgeries Nobody's trying to wash those under the rug. They're admitting to the forgeries. And, and really, the real story behind the forgeries is the guy wasn't really trying to pass it off as a footprint. Otherwise, he would have let the Smithsonian do testing on it. He was simply trying to make a few bucks off some traveling tourists. These footprints have actually been tested through spiral CT scans alongside the actual footprints that came out of the Paluxy and Glen Rose. And the ones that have, the, the, the two of them been tested. One shows to be authentic human footprints alongside dinosaur footprints the other one showed unanimously across the board with the scientists that it was a forgery and so so what we have is is what i'm what i'm hearing And, and 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 please let me present this as openly and candidly as possible for our listeners and then I would highly suggest continue to do the research and understand as we talked about last week not all truth not not everything that you read is true not everything that you you are 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 seeing is all that there is there's a lot more information out there than what most people are given on a daily basis so so just to recap we have established that there are human footprints in the same f- layer as the dinosaur footprints
0: that's right and you know um, people ask me all the time dave you know about the pluxy evidence and and they don't believe it and some do and that's okay you know i'm not trying to convince anyone of the pluxy evidence i know uh, for me i'm convinced because i studied it yes i've seen the footprints for my own two eyes i've excavated them under 12 to 14 inches of limestone and the layers between the rock you cannot forge or fake or carve those footprints, they are embedded in the rock, yeah. and, and it's a, it takes a lot of work to excavate those limestone layers, yeah. but it's done um, with precision technique, and with cameras rolling, and with uh, photographic evidence, uh, and with multiple witnesses, even with NOVA uh, filming and the local media, How these have that? been excavated in the presence of witnesses, and you just cannot carve these tracks under these uh these multiple uh layers of of rock it's just impossible so that clearly shows authenticity that yes. that these tracks are not carved because they're found and they're continuing to be found found under the layers of rock but they're not isolated to Glen Rose. I was
1: just, before you go into that, because that's where I was about to go, let me give out that phone number again, 678-963-5482, 678-963-5482. I would have a real hard time believing that uh, everybody listening right now has zero questions about this particular subject. So if you have a question about it, 678-963-5482, or get on Facebook at What Is Truth Radio with Dave Glander, and just hit the Like button and go ahead and ask your question right there We've got it up on the screen. Let's talk about that now. The, this this is not an isolated incident. As a matter of fact, you your doctrinal research um, you, you started into your doctrinal research. Let me rephrase that uh, was actually documenting the the global phenomena of the human footprint uh, fossil record. Correct?
0: Was well, part of my my master's research that I started. Um, my doctrinal research was in archaeology but but um you know, I started this process out independently just for my for my own um, you know inquisitive mind i didn't understand what these were. I never heard about it, and it totally blew me away and i I wanted to dig in more about it. so I began to study and collect notes and do a bunch of research and interviewed the old timers and and the more I studied this and you know the excavations that I went on. I began to see that what I had been taught was not correct, and I couldn't understand why. I had never heard this even in my church or my Sunday school class. I didn't even know how to answer where did dinosaurs come from. Wow! You know, it just wasn't there, and and there was a lot of missing information for me, and and so this whole area of of creation science and and biblical science really. Began to open up for me in this field, and um, uh, I began to, in my research, realize that you know this was not an isolated event in Glenrose, Texas, along the banks of the Paluxy River. This was really turning out to be a global phenomenon. And I wrote my book, Evolution and Human Fossil Footprints, um, that was published by um, 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 Bible believers. Uh, I'm sorry, was uh, published by. Um, uh,
1: well I hate when I do that. i, yeah, I, I Dave, do that. I do that more often than not to be honest. I I'd like to say it's old age, it but at thirty seven
0: publishing is Bible go. belt publishing is what I'm trying to say. And they 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 published uh, Published my book, Evolution and Human Fossil Footprints.
1: Well, because we only have uh, just a little over twenty minutes left in the show, let's go ahead and move straight into uh, kind of a man. We can almost turn this into into three parts. We'll we'll have Joe Taylor on next week, and and he is also uh, an expert on this on this topic, and and may have to have you back on as well next week uh, to to help touch on some of these things that we may not be able to cover this week. But what I want to do is. Quickly take us through. Uh, let's let's pick three three different regions in the in the world that you know of evidence of of human footprints alongside dinosaur footprints that have been scientifically tested and 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 whether and I know that some of them have have controversies attached to them not not controversies as far as forgeries, controversies, as far as evidence being buried, if you want to try and kind of touch on that just a little bit as you're as you're making your way through. But go ahead and walk us through just a few sites that, that you know this is going on.
0: Well, um, specifically, you know, Turkmenistan, uh, which is called the Russian Pilexi, Uh there's been reports since the 1980s that human fossil footprints have been found along the dinosaur tracks. There's a Russian geophysicist, um, which basically in, in – uh, uh, in 1996, uh, edition of Creation Magazine um, reported um, that um, that there were these fossil footprints of dinosaurs and humans together. And supposedly, it went back to the Jurassic era, which is some 200 million years ago. Um, matter of fact, it's it's covered by more than 3,000 uh, footprints of dinosaurs. Um, but when they were out there researching, this uh, geophysicist was surprised, um, and he was just mystified that he came across footprints of bare uh, human feet. Uh, is, this, so, is this
1: photograph documented?
0: Yeah, the Moscow News in 1983 um, ran a version on this in their news. And, um, and of course, uh, you know, uh, these scientists, led more expeditions to the plateau, and they confirmed and found these dinosaur footprints and human footprints alongside each other. And, um, um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, recent research, um, one of our colleagues, Dr. Dennis Swift, has uh, done lots of research in that area and has uh, photographed, these these footprints
1: okay what's what about another region of the world that that you know this is this is the case
0: well there's other fossil footprints <clears throat> around the world now they're not uh, necessarily associated with dinosaur tracks but but uh, some of the some of the yeah, I, I, yeah are-
1: and I don't even think that that matters if they've been found in this I'm not a geologist but from my understanding uh, uh, a layer is a layer across the globe yeah, I mean like like when you get down to a certain layer that layer's consistent across the globe or or at least through major regions of of continents is that is that am I right. trying to dig out my uh my Andrew Snelling geog- geological classes what? as we we're riding through the uh Grand Canyon and 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 they're a little bit foggy but that's kind of the way that I understood that. So if if you find footprints at a certain level whether there's dinosaur footprints next to it or not it's still the same quote-unquote geological the same portion of the geologic column yeah
0: well that's true you know like this limestone layer you know in glenrose uh runs all the way around the world you know you can fight find it at the uh the the white cliffs of dover in england all the way through the eastern seaboard around the middle east through australia and, and back up it's all over the world But, you know, some of the other great sites, you know, Australia has a great site. Back in 2003, um, uh, they found an area that had some 700 fossil uh, human footprints in it. And these tracks were um, uh, some 20 20 meters long, which is incredibly long. Um, They go back to what they say is, you know... um, 200,000 years but these tracks are are not 200,000 years. You have to understand when they give you an age uh, for rock, they uh, they don't use it as far as carbon 14 testing. They can't uh, test it in those ways. They have to test it using uh, special light testing. Uh-huh. They, they test the grains of sand in the rock and they come up uh, with an estimated age, and so that's part of the, you know, the information I give in the book. When, when, when they're talking about Australopithecus afarensis or 200,000 years of dating, I give you all the information. So when you when you're reading those accounts, you can understand of how they got that information and what it means. Yeah. And um, and how it contradicts um, the creation model specifically. British Columbia has another great um, area of of study. Matter of fact, they've they've narrowed this down to about eight thousand years old in the um, Mesolithic, and these are a large number of human footprint trackways um, that uh, uh, are just incredibly detailed, and um, uh, it goes on and on. The um, matter of fact, in Newport and Formby Point, there in British Columbia, um, Italy. Nicaragua are some of my favorite footprints there at Akkuhlanika, Acul- which is uh, an area back in uh, 1874 that Earl Flint uh, discovered. And um, he found this these footprints. Some of them was, uh, one was over 17 inches in length. And he found these footprints in um, at least 11 Uh, layers of overburden that was over these footprints
1: my goodness what is is i I know i remember over at the museum you had a a a shoe like a nike shoe from somebody a, a basketball player or something and you and you were explaining to us that it's it's not uncommon even nowadays to have this ginormous foot a, a foot that fits into this shoe you had. I remember that shoe looked like it was two feet long. I mean, that thing was ginormous. And he said that was an actual shoe that, that came from, from, from a gentleman playing sports, something like that, that, uh, that, that backs up. Cause I, I remember it at one point, I read in, in one of the websites when I was doing research on this years ago, I remember reading, well, the, the footprints are too big. It's gotta be from something else. And, and I actually heard that it was, uh, from some bipedal, uh, dinosaur that actually slid when it stepped—that's what made it look like it was so long. And and what you're saying is—is is no, that's that that was a footprint of 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 some sort of a human, uh, not some sort of a human, but a human with some sort of enormous foot, which isn't all that impossible today and that's why you had the shoe in the, in the in the museum i thought that was really really interesting um yeah
0: what, it, it's it's within the anatomical um ability in, in 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 modern day times for people to have you know feet that big well what what
1: is it let's go ahead and clarify this what what is it then if if and i'm not asking your opinion i'm saying in in the school of of secular science, what do these footprints represent to them? If if it's not evidence that maybe they're their geologic columns off or that their their time frames off. What what are they doing to explain this?
0: Well, you know, they they don't explain it they basically discount it altogether. As a matter of fact the, uh, but, the whole- but, but wait a
1: second how can you just that that's why I've been very clear to ask you in such ways to say is this verifiable observable? is there photo evidence of this? is it documented? And you've answered yes on every occasion and And so how do they go a little just a, a slight bit deeper to help me understand? How do they deny it? I mean, with any denial, you have to have some sort of a backup story to be able to deny something. What is the story?
0: Well, the, the story is, Dave, it, it all gets down to dating. Because, you know, the ones here on the Plexi River, uh, for instance, uh, they just discount it altogether. They they deny it and, uh, and that you know, that there's fossil human footprints on the Plexi. That's fine, but what about the fossil human footprints in Mexico, you know? Yeah. And so. You know they got other human footprint sites like Letoli Africa, that they recognize as fossil human footprints, but they reclassify it and they redefine the terms, and they do it by redating. So uh, when Mary Leakey was looking, you know, to have Dr. Louis Robbins authenticate those footprints as belonging to a hominid, he could not. He said they were no different than modern anatomically human feet. She was looking for a missing link and she found it in Australopithecus afarensis which they then dated to 3.6 million years to fit their theory gotcha
1: gotcha they just and, they, and so, they twist things around until it fits
0: and then they go okay that'll work well and 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 that's what they did you know down in down in Mexico <coughs> as well you know this this is secular scientist a secular geologist who found these footprints in Mexico and she stood by her story she excavated them and uh, her name's Dr. Sylvia Gonzalez. She's a geoarchaeologist from Liverpool at John Moores University. And um, uh, initially, um, you know, they dated this with the optically uh, stimulated luminescence scan, which is called an OSL scan that measures, uh, you know, attempts to measure the, the sand grains in the rock and, and, and date it that way. And basically, you know, um, they got roughly... They forty thousand years. Now, this you know, before this date, they had all accepted that these footprints were human. But when they got the forty thousand year date, it created a problem because uh, there's a there's a there's a battle over history, and supposedly that you know this this um, this whole theory that people. You know, in the late Pleistocene, the early Holocene, you know, came through the Bering Lane Strait, you know, where the first hunter-gatherers who came from Asia some 11,000 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, well, how can they account for a 40,000-year-old date of human fossil footprints in South America?
1: So they began to immediately start to rearrange.
0: So, so here's what they do. They said, no, that can't be right because we know, you know, People didn 't migrate back forty thousand years ago. It was between eleven and thirteen thousand five hundred years, so we got to redate it, so they redated it because it's going to mess up their whole clovis theory, yeah okay that's called the Clovis theory and uh, you know the clovis first model yeah. of of human occupation as being the you know the accepted you know model of the first evidence of human presence in the americas uh-huh. now here 's what they do. they redate it and they got 1.3 million years. <laughs> now, here's two possibilities that you're left with. One is that they are really old hominids. I mean, <laughs>
1: yeah. old. Yeah,
0: Or they're not footprints. See, they don't leave hey. in the possibility that they're old in footprints or that they're young in footprints. It's either that they're really old footprints. Or they're not even footprints.
1: One of the one of the shows that we're we're I'm going to be doing in the next coming months is is going to be on worldview and how much your worldview will dictate the outcome of your research because all all it sounds like to me you're explaining is they're taking whatever they're finding the facts the truth and they're just manipulating and twisting to fit a worldview that disagrees with the biblical account uh, but
0: they can, they, we, dates, they can get whatever date they want, you run those dates they can get whatever date they want, they have to assume variables in it you know the question is, the implication is, is that evolution is a fallacy and its theories and timelines are wrong Yeah. or secondly, Dave, that you know greater confidence can be put in the Word of God and specifically in the book of Genesis where God stated He created all living things yes. in six days yeah and you know that's what it boils down to you know these you know there's there's other creation you know X files you know we got the iron hammer and stone we got the. Well, iron I, I cup was gonna
1: say let's let's do, let's do and, this we only have a little bit of time to cover uh, I want to go two more points one take about take about five minutes and give us a quick rundown on on the evidence of uh, artwork that's been found within ancient civilizations that actually depict dinosaurs and and then why that's important
0: okay well um... there's been a number of artwork um, depicting uh... dinosaurs one matter of fact was uh... uh discovered in two thousand six in a uh... temple in uh... in cambodia it's an ancient temple um, and um, these um, um this ancient temple basically had had columns on this temple and the columns depicted different animals and representations of of birds and different mammals and whatnot but on one of the animals on uh on one of the columns was a um ball relief of a stegosaur now a stegosaur is a dinosaur that has these you know big frills going down the back uh-huh, of
1: it uh-huh.
0: and it specifically um uh, has a stegosaur on this column. Now, you know how in the world?
1: Well, hold on, before we get into the implication, what about let's say the Inca burial stones? The Inca well, burial stones.
0: There's, there's the these are these are um, dinosaur art from the tombs in in Peru. Uh-huh. Um, that, uh huh. That people from around Nazca drew these dinosaurs some two thousand years ago. Uh, their depictions include, you know, um, specific. Um, uh, representations of dinosaurs that are just now being found that these 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 depictions are actually uh, true to the to the fossil account, such as iguanodon uh-huh. um, Matter of fact, uh, people uh, paleontologists didn't really realize if guanodon stood up on its two feet or walked on all fours. Yeah, um, but and, and, the, and
1: the artwork actually answers that question.
0: And the artwork answers that question. These people saw um, living dinosaurs and, and, and you know to depict them so accurately you know on their tapestry on their pottery you
1: actually had some totem I don't know if they were totem I called them totem poles but they were wood carvings wood, wood, wood carvings on poles yeah that, yes, that and, had them on there
0: you know they're they're depicted you know and all these various you know formats uh, but it shows these dinosaurs alright so let and, me ask you a question when did archaeology really become
1: a science Well, I mean, generally speaking,
0: well, basically, you know, there's 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 rough accounts on when archaeology started. Some say, you know, it it, you know, it started back in 1798 when Napoleon went into Egypt and first found the Rosetta
1: Stone. Is that the earliest basically the earliest account of when it
0: I'm just trying to assess
1: let's just say let's just say seventeen hundred. Let's just mm-hmm. go way beyond even the most mm-hmm. liberal date and say 1700. These ancient civilizations that you're talking about are are way older than that. Yes.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. these so,
1: these, so the implication yeah, is basically go
0: anywhere from 500 AD up to you know 1500 AD.
1: So so basically the implication is this: the question arises, how would they know what it looked like if if, if archaeology was was not a science, not a practiced science. Meaning, people aren't going around and digging up bones, gluing them back together, and figuring out, you know, having yeah. an artist's rendition. How would these right. people know what they looked like unless, of course, they saw them?
0: Well, they didn't. You know, prior to 1841, you know, um, uh, Sir Richard Owens coined the term dinosaur. No one knew what a dinosaur was between, before 1841. Uh, so uh, this is, you know, accounts of people seeing uh, these creatures that we thought were extinct. Back, you know, in these cultures, you know, five hundred, you know, AD to to fifteen hundred AD or so, these is you know relatively, you know. And there, there's um,
1: medieval times accounts of of dragons and Sir who who was the Sir uh, who fought the dragon big story. The uh, Saint George and the Dragon. Yeah, Saint George and the Dragon, and, uh, and 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 I mean, so there's there's even medieval accounts, and and you can call them folklore, but it still gives the idea. That people at one point were around. You can look at the Chinese culture and the amount of dragons that are all through their culture that that acknowledged the fact that that dragons existed and that people were with them and slew them. I well, mean, that's- we got
0: these dinosaurs, you know, figurines in Mexico. We got this art in Peru. We got dinosaur art by Native Americans um so you know got, that i've personally gone and investigated so we've got
1: footprints uh, we've got, got we have got art print artwork we've got tapestries wood carvings uh That's right. Clay figurines the, let me got ask the you fox, about lost hammer and stone let me ask you uh, about is, one one really critical thing that, that i think you'll know the what i'm talking about i'm, I'm sure you do because we've got about three minutes left um okay what about the red blood cells found within the t-rex bone
0: this is amazing, Dave, because um, uh, Mary Schweitzer, back in 1997, uh, cut open a dinosaur bone, and she saw, um, under electron microscope, soft tissue. Mm. And in that soft <laughs> tissue was pliable, it was elastic, but she also verified red blood cells. Now, she repeated these tests over and over and over. She had other of her colleagues come and look at this. They repeated it. You know, she did the whole scientific method. She repeated it, observed it, tested it, predicted, and they couldn't falsify it is the bottom line. But the question remained, why is there fresh red blood cells and tissue, soft tissue, and dinosaur bone that's supposedly 60 million years old? It's not supposed to be there. That's not logical to even a child. They cannot account for it. So Mary Schweitzer, she stuck to her guns. She said, no, this is what I have. And the whole... Paleontological, uh paleontology community uh, was was just you know astounded yeah. they couldn't believe it but the more they realized the implications of what it meant the more they realized that they could not um, keep to their story that they found red blood cells yeah so after years of um, pressure that her own colleagues that the community uh, in academia forced her, to suppress the truth and she had she basically recounted her story she recanted her story but this was all
1: this was all well too documented so she you, didn't want him, would, I mean it comes I mean, down you would, to have, she to, she didn't you want would have to have to destroy job. so much evidence you know, in order to you got, to, a, you got to, a
0: career stake on yeah. this stuff and it happens to people all over and just like your former guest yeah. last week yeah. um you know it's 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 very clear so. that if you go against the mainstream paradigm and if you're in academia you're not going to last very long because they don't want that evidence out that's right and if they let it out it's going to show people that dinosaurs maybe weren't around 60 million years that maybe they were a lot more recent than that because there shouldn't be any fresh red blood cells in those dinosaur bones. So it's huge implications.
1: I've always been what's known as a classical apologist. I believe in really just building your case from the ground up and then evidential uh, apologist where I'm I'm a big fan of of providing evidences to show truth. But what I've kind of walked into over the past several years is turning into a cumulative case apologist. I'm kind of going to mix that in too because what I'm hearing right now, whenever somebody asks me for a smoking gun, of course, feel like I have several of them, but what I tell them is when you hear the cumulative case. It's indisputable what it points towards. And so what I've, what we've heard on this show is there's fossil footprints, human footprints, not just in Glen Rose next to, right next to dinosaur footprints, but across the globe in the same strata, there's human footprints. We have artwork that depicts dinosaurs next to humans, even dinosaurs fighting humans in some of these scenes where you ask yourself the question, if they didn't see them for themselves, how would they have been able to, to accurately draw them? Even so much so that they're solving evolutionary problems, well, not evolutionary problems, problems within the secular science, to say, well, was it... Uh, on all fours or upright in the in the artworks actually curing that and then we have dna evidence or not dna red blood cell evidence within dinosaur bone soft tissue that flies in the face of of long ages because there's no way that soft tissue is going to survive so when you put it all together you've got footprints artwork and and red blood cells the cumulative case for that says to me that there is no doubt in my mind that dinosaurs and man once walked together Aaron, thank you so much for being on the show i I may actually call you on at the beginning of next show just to clarify a few things. We're going to have Joe Taylor on next week talking about this very same subject. You've been listening to What is Truth Radio with Dave Glander on WIMO 1300. Have a great night.